Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. My compadre, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. So, Carl, um, you and I have been really busy lately, you know, with traveling. I'm in the Dominican Republic right now. You've had a big thing of sales meetings. And meanwhile, the NFL has, like, exploded since the last time we got together. Um, Yeah. You listen, my theory is if they're willing to pay you, you're worth it. And there's a lot of guys getting paid. Yeah, you're worth every penny they're making. Um, It's been funny, though. Like the one thing that before we even get into the salaries that teams are paying is the quarterback market. Like the way the quarterbacks are moving around is it's crazy. And then the fact that Baker Mayfield is kind of left out there with like the musical chairs, everybody got one. And every time the music starts again, somebody else sits down. And I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure it's because Baker is a bad quarterback. I, I truly believe that if you have a quarterback who's capable, which Baker did, of winning a playoff game, especially in a town that hadn't been to the playoffs in a long time, uh, and all of a sudden your ownership falls out of love with you, it's not because you suck in his case. I think this is all about that fifth-year option. I think this is about hey, if you want to come in, well, it's no longer a a possibility now because they have Watson, but I think all the other teams that are looking at Baker Mayfield are saying, we can't give this guy an extension to legacy money until he proves that he can can do it for us. I'm not going to bet against Baker Mayfield uh, because I think once the draft is over with, teams are going to be calling his, his phone that didn't get the guys that they wanted in the draft. Yeah. Or somebody gets hurt. You're going to need a quarterback. Hey, listen, uh, you know, Carolina wasn't said they weren't interested in him. He's better than Sam Darnold. Yeah. Um, They were all taken in the same class. Um, Is he necessarily the guy they want to move forward with long-term? No. Uh, You know, the Watson situation is just uh, look, you know it, and I know it. There's a lot of guys that aren't choir boys that are in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that's different about this one is normally when guys have some sort of off-the-field situation, whether it's criminal or civil, <clears throat> like teams and the league sort of re- react as far as signing guys, bringing guys in, once there's a conclusion. Right. The thing that this thing is bizarre about is that, you know, none of these civil cases have been heard or settled or anything. Right. So who's to say that at some point down the road, we had the situation just the other day where uh, there were some criminal charges filed in a different county in Texas. 
mm-hmm. and um, they they decided that they were going to press criminal charges. But it, it feels like in this situation, they changed the contract market forever by guaranteeing every penny of this thing for a guy that hasn't closed any of these matters yet. Well, here's the thing, and I, I'm not going to play lawyer, but I talked to a few, nor we were going to probably get into this. A few things that we got to understand beyond what the narratives are, true or false. The NFL ran a parallel investigation early on in this. If you recall, they interviewed some of the alleged victims. And the alleged victims were pretty upset with some of the questioning by the NFL. Uh, if you listen to the play, the uh, the press conference of the Cleveland Browns, they were investigating this for five months. So there's some level of comfort. Now, people are saying, well, he's going to get suspended a year. He's going to get because of Ben Roethlisberger or because of uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Here's the situation. He sat out a whole year. He got paid for it. If two grand juries did not see enough evidence after interviewing witnesses, how can the NFL say, well, we're, we're going to suspend you? Because if Deshaun Watson says, I'm fighting every civil case, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to defend my innocence, and I'm going to fight every one of these cases, well, why would the NFL suspend him? What if he wins those cases? Well, what can the NFL do while he fights civil cases? Civil cases go on all the time. Civil cases, um, if you're getting divorced, that's a civil case, right? If your landscaper suing you, it's a civil case, right? So we can, we can put this in a box of, well, those are different because there's no alleged uh, crime against women if your landscaper is suing you civilly or you are being divorced or whatever. But the reality is this, two jurisdictions in Texas, Houston, Texas, said that there's, they've, they've interviewed, they looked at the evidence and they've said, we don't have anything to indict him on. Now, that's that. And again, I'm not getting in the weeds of it, but those are the facts. So if you can't charge him criminally, or he's not been charged criminally, how can you tell a guy, I'm putting you on the commissioner's exempt list while you settle your, or you you uh, defend your civil cases? The narrative that shaped America's opinion did not rise to the level in the legal system of him being a a criminally indicted. Now, if you go to two jurisdictions and they both say, we looked at the evidence, we interviewed witnesses, we can't bring this. Now, I can tell you this much, there ain't many places in America that if 22 women have come forward to press charges against you, But if the police felt that there was any chance that any of this happened, 
those grand juries would not have declined to prosecute. I don't know any, I mean, crimes against women in this country are taken very serious. And it doesn't matter if you are a quarterback in the NFL, you get, you get that amount of people, somebody pressing criminal charges, then the law and legal system is going to say, we got to take a real good look at this. They also structured the contract in a way that if he is suspended this year, it's not, <clears throat> he doesn't take that big a loss. Um, I think the other thing that's, I, I mean, listen, Carl, it's, uh, it's one of those things where we'll see how the whole thing plays out. You know, we're not in there in the nitty gritty of the details nope. of it all. All um, we know is what we know. You know, we'll get into the quarterback stuff at another time because I, I find the quarterback situation fascinating. Let's, let's spend it to the Giants here for a bit. You know, I know there's a lot of fans that are excited about moves that the team has made, uh, you know, rebuilding the offensive line. But let's look at this for what it is, right? And what it is is they made it known that they were not going to kick the can down the road as far as reworking contracts so that they're dealing with salary cap issues, you know, moving forward. They're kind of trying to clean the books mm -hmm. and they can clean the books because it's a new group that's in and they realize this thing's got to get fixed, you know, pretty strongly. Right. Mm -hmm. But let's not be delusional either in the sense that, a lot of these guys that they've that they've brought in are hold the fort kind of guys, with the exception of Mark Lewinsky, who you know has been a full time starter for the Colts. Mm -hmm. You know, these this team is still about the draft and what they do in the draft more than anything else. Yeah, um, so, you know, we can analyze some of the guys that they brought in and. Again, they're roster fillers, they're depth players. Some of those players may not even make the team, right? Um, but to the point where you said that they're not gonna kick the can down the road, they're gonna be afforded uh, some, some bit of leeway in terms of rebuilding this team. But as you can see uh, in the NFL, the league doesn't wait. So they've gotta be competitive. They've got to they've got to make some strides um, and the fact that Daniel Jones is their quarterback tells me that they're not willing, at least this year, to start from scratch, scratch. They're going to go into the league, they're going into the league year season with a quarterback that they think they can work with. Um, and I'm just just based on conversations I've had, um, I'm pretty sure they believe Daniel Jones can be a good quarterback in this league. Now, um, and I, I spent a few minutes with, with Coach Dayball because I'm around the building a bit, and I got a chance to pick his brain on a few things. But the one thing that he wants Daniel Jones to do is to play with confidence. Do not be afraid to make mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he, you know, he kind of drew comparisons, not in ability, but in mentality. 
of Josh Allen, right? He loves Josh. And this coach says that Josh has the attitude. And I, and I asked him, I, says, I, I said to uh, Coach Dave, I said, the one thing, I said, I've never met Josh. I watched him a lot. The one thing I know about him, and you correct me if I'm wrong, he's got arm arrogance. He's got arm arrogance to where if it's, if it's batted away, he comes back and he says, I got to throw it harder. If it's intercepted, I got to throw it sooner. He never questions why he made that play. And Dable said, you're exactly right. He said, that's what I love about him because he's fearless. He's not afraid to make mistakes and he can just, he can let it go. And he, want, he, he wants that for Daniel Jones because from an ability standpoint, they think he has it. They don't want him to be afraid of turning the ball over. They well, Fumbles are one thing, but interceptions, He's, I don't think that's going to be a big issue as long as he's, if, if, if he's moving the offense and he's playing with confidence and he's got a fuck it attitude, um, let, let it rip, let's go. That's the, that's the quarterback that they want from Daniel Jones. And I, I believe he can be that. Yeah. I feel bad for Daniel Jones in the, I mean, look, I, I know that there's a lot of the people that are watching this giants fans. that can't wait for Daniel Jones to be shown the door for some reason. Yep. And I feel bad for him because, you know, you're, you're describing the circumstances of Josh Allen and as he was brought along. And, but he had the same voices reinforcing yeah. that each and every year, the same coach, Coach Dable, each and every year, same head coach. I mean, geez, if you're Daniel Jones from a human nature standpoint, how do you, tr you know, you got to allow yourself to trust what they're telling you, but you also are thinking in your brain or you have to knock out of your brain <clears throat> the ramifications that come with it, you know? Sure. You know, um, he, I, I always wonder what, what the arc of Daniel Jones would have been. And I know it, it, it's a hypothetical, right? <clears throat> Once Pat Shermer was let go as head coach, you know, you can't keep Pat Shermer there. But right. I always wonder, like, what it would have been like for Daniel Jones had he had two or three years with the same coach? Because his rookie year was really good. Um, but he's going to have to overcome those mental those yeah, mental and I don't think his rookie year was an aberration. I think that kind of set the floor for him that rookie year. And then he just leveled off. The ceiling just came lower because of – I call it uh, offensive incompetence. Um, when you look at last season, especially, I, I it's hard to function as a quarterback in this league in a remedial offense this day and age. And if you got a quarterback, and, and I, I believe that um, Coach Dable's uh, style of coaching is to ask his quarterbacks during the course of a game, what you like, right? What do you like down here? Here's what we got, right? If you were to ask Daniel Jones in the red area, what do you like? He says, give me Galladay and look around. Galladay's not even on the field, right? Um, how do you create matchup problems? Uh, this is a game. The offense. Yeah, we're, in, we're in the red zone. 
we're in the low red zone and all I heard about was Galladay being a 50-50 ball catcher. You know, he can catch the 50-50 ball. Kyle Rudolph. And Kyle Rudolph, who's made his career, especially the later part of his career, his greatest effectiveness was getting open down in the end zone and doing that stuff. And those guys aren't even on the field. Right. So Shepard's on the bench. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what the heck are they doing? Well, so so think about this. Sterling Shepard, when he was healthy, was the best option route runner in the Giants offense. Guess what wins in the red zone? Option routes, right? Tight end, backs, wide receivers that can run option routes. That's what wins in the red zone. The reason the Giants were ineffective in the red zone is because they run the same nonsense. They don't create matchup problems. Matchup problems for a defense is when you get in those tight areas and either you're going to, if you're going to play zone and you got an offense that can find openings and sit down in them, you lose. And then if you want to play uh, man coverage, if you got receivers and tight ends that can run option routes or combo routes in short areas, your defense loses. So the Giants did none of that, right? And if you look at the versatility of Buffalo's offense, and then some of it is augmented by the improvisation of a quarterback who's fearless in Josh Allen, right? Um, That's what they want. That's what you can expect. So if you got Kenny Galladay, which we know he's going to be on the roster, um, Kadarius Tony. Those two guys can do a lot in this offense. Like I Kadarius Kader- Tony. I forgot Kadarius Tony was on the Giants. Well, he ain't going nowhere. He's a draft choice. So I think yeah, I now's know, but- the time. Now's the time where you say to Kadarius, you see Cole Beasley here. You see Stefan Diggs. You're a combination of both of those guys in ability in one body. You see what I do with these guys? See how these guys move around? See how this guy does this? I could make you a nightmare for anybody. If you look at his Dallas Cowboy game, Kadarius Tony, where he made Diggs his butler, pretty much. <laughs> and I use the butler for a lack of another word that B. Couldn't do, uh, Diggs couldn't do anything with it. Nice play on words. And if you look at that game and you can imagine some play calling, because most of that was just uh, Tony on his own. But if you can imagine play calling that creates those matchup nightmares every week, every time he lines up somewhere, there's a guy that's looking across saying, oh, hell, what is he going to do? Right? That's what can happen in this offense. Because today's NFL is about creating matchup issues for the defense. Now, and there were, and there were games. I mean, look, Tony is his own worst enemy as far as not being able to stay on the field. Um, <clears throat> you know, from the very beginning of training camp. But then there were games when he played where it was like he was a just. It's like they had nothing. They they couldn't come up with a way to use him. It was like no. he, he was active, but. 
I, yeah, I think this group will do a lot better with that. Hopefully, hopefully. He well, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced just, just from a philosophical standpoint, they know how to employ their weapons. Now, the one thing that's kind of lingering out there for me is, is Saquon Barkley overqualified for what the job that they need from a running back. Um, and I say that because Dable passes the ball a lot. And we know that Barkley can catch it. We know that he can move in space, right? But is his resume overqualified if he's not a wide receiver? I don't know. We're going to find out. I think he's truly an asset. I think he would take the offense to another level. Um, I don't even know if they're even negotiating with him or what's, what's going on there. But that's a talent that if you allow yourself as an offensive coach, and I'm, I'm just, let's just assume that the economics will work out. If you're Brian Dayball and you say, man, I passed the ball a lot and this kid, he probably needs to touch the ball about 15, 20 times a game. That's probably, if it's 20 times a game, that's 15 passes that I can't throw down the field. Um, but, it, but if you're open-minded, you can imagine just how much more dangerous your offense is. But, you know, Barkley's skill set, and people will, you know, say what they want about it. Again, he's another kid that, you know, has been in a few systems, right? His running style, the way he's been coached from year to year. Now, I've been one who says he needs to know when to stick his foot in the ground and go for it instead of dancing, right? You, there's, there's a possibility just based on how I've seen Brian Dable look at offense. And he's been criticized in, in Buffalo for not running the ball enough sometimes, right? But if, you, if he could allow himself to imagine, and this is assuming the economics work out, for his inaugural season, if he can get his quarterback playing fearlessly, and he's got a running back in Saquon Barkley who can do so much, and you start to play around with him, you play around with Tony in space, all of a sudden, you can do a lot of different things to the NFL defenses again. NFL offense is about finding the matchup, right? right. Um, when teams put dime on the field, Barkley's a threat. Teams put nickel on the field, he's still a threat in the passing game, right? Because you ain't going to cover him. You should not be able to cover him with a linebacker. Well, yeah, I mean, the Saints, the Saints showed that they couldn't yeah. cover him. But this goes back to a bigger issue that only they know the answer to. Well, again, he's it's, on his it's, fifth year. He's on his fifth year option. Right. So are you going to invest a long-term deal on Saquon Barkley moving forward? That's going to pay him $20 million a year. Well, that's, I don't think 20 million is coming out of any team right now for running backs <laughs> that shifted towards the uh, wide receiver market. Well, I know, but you, as long as McCaffrey and 
Kamara and those guys' contracts are on the books, that's going to be your starting point. Yeah, well, McCaffrey's contract's coming off the books. And, well, let's just look at the difference in Kamara and everybody else. Kamara, even when Drew Brees was there, probably amounted for about 15 to 20% of their offense. He did so much. Like, he was a passer. He was a thrower. He was a runner. He was Mr. Third Down. He created matchups that got other people open. So that's a little different than even with McCaffrey. I guess the end of the at the end of the day, they're going to have to determine if Barkley stays healthy. Then you always have the option of franchising him for a year, and yeah. then so, sort it out after that. Um, Carl, I just want to alert fans, right? I mean, college basketball. Uh, next week, you're going to have the final four, the national championship. You want to put a little cash on this thing, head over to the website, um, use your mobile device, sign up today, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code believe bet online, your number one spot for all of your updated odds and information bet online where the game starts. And obviously it's not just college basketball it's all the popular sports and games so use that promo code b-l-e-a-v to get started you get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's the promo code why wouldn't you want 50 percent off prices are rising everywhere else you might as well take 50 percent where you can get it uh all right so we got that we got that kind of out of the way with the barkley situation i have i have one more thought uh, on this episode and um, it's about the signing of Tyrod Taylor. I love the signing of Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. Reason why I love it is first of all, everywhere he's been, he is a fantastic teammate. He's highly respected in the locker room. He understands what the deal is. He understands the job. He's good enough to start. He's not a guy that the, the commissioner is ever going to hand the Lombardi trophy to and you win a Super Bowl. They're just certain guys mm-hmm. that they're not that guy. But to me, it's a smart move because, first of all, until Daniel Jones plays a full season, you got to assume he's going to miss a couple games. So yeah. if he does get hurt, now at least you know you can go into a game, you can go into a week with a quarterback that can function and can make enough plays that if you play a certain style in that game, yeah, you can win the football game. And the other thing is, if Daniel Jones isn't their guy moving forward, and next year they have to jump into the draft when supposedly there's going to be better quarterbacks in the draft anyway, guess what you got under contract? You got the veteran guy yeah. as the mentor guy that knows the system that will help the young guy along at least transitioning through year one. So they, right. that was a very smart move. And they finally got a backup quarterback that can play. You know, what's so interesting. When we, when we look back on the dereliction of duty, when it came to offense uh, in key personnel areas to have a backup who can actually run an offense and actually throw a football, throw a pass should be a prerequisite 
for for anybody who's either scouting or coaching backup quarterbacks. Can you imagine? And I look back on the Chicago game, they couldn't even throw the football. They had a guy on the field who could not throw the football. How in the name of Vince Lombardi do you have a guy at that position who has to start a football game and he can't throw it? And the other kid was afraid. It's like, how do you get your, how do you allow yourself to be a National Football League franchise and not even have depth at the most important position in football? You can't throw the foot. Think about this. In the Chicago game, they could not throw the freaking football. No, it was it was it was horrible. And then you come out and you're going to play complimentary football and you throw it right out of the gate. It gets intercepted. with somebody who can't throw. Yeah. So you Tyrod, I, I think Giants fans heads are about to explode with us revisiting that. Um, yeah. So now they got a guy in there that can function. They've got a guy in there that can lead. They got a guy in there that can play. So to me, that was a that that was something that was very important. Carl, I know you're into I know you're very much into um, health. Mm -hmm. You care about being healthy. That's important to Carl Banks. Well, I, I want to tell you a little something about athletic greens. Multivitamins. Yeah, it's important to have them. And if you use one scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75% high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and much more. Special blend helps your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focuses on aging. We all want to stay young. So make sure you go reclaim your health. All it is is a scoop. Just need a scoop. Make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Come on, so, send me some. Because I'm, I'm using all the things that are in that one scoop. I got them all in my cupboard, but I have to add them all to my smoothie. I got Moringa, Spirulina, uh, Cordyceps, Shilajit. I got uh, Maca. All of that stuff that's in there, I'm pretty sure they send it to me in one pack and I can just scoop it and, and drink it. Yeah. Let's go, Alex. One, send me some greens. Only one gram of sugar, no chemicals, nothing artificial in this. So if you go to athleticgreens.com slash believe, athleticgreens.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V, uh, it's that simple. And you're going to get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. I could have used those with me here on this trip. These statements mm -hmm. do not have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens take ownership of your health. All right, Carl, let's wrap this thing up. No, I uh, need I need to do one more thing. So we, we keep talking about. We got another episode that we're gonna. I got you. I got you. Just let it run. I I know you got to get out there and do your your. Golf I know. Thing, I don't have but, to go anywhere. I, I don't have to. Go how anywhere. is it? We we can't talk about Brian Dable on the offensive side of the ball and not talk about Wink Martindale. 
I think that's People, our next show. I think that's our next show. You want to talk Wink Martindale next show? Then let's next talk show. Wink Martindale next show. But Tell you know, you got like, you got NFL sack hunters we got to get to. We got wide receivers breaking the market. Let's go. Start the next show. All right. So we got to tell a friend. Hey, we have talked about a few things here that I think you need to tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in. Believe in Giants. Make sure you tell a friend. Believe in Giants. And, and our next show, it's all about Wink. Pass rushers, defense, and then the defenses that have to start these wide receivers who are getting paid. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Believe in Giants. Bob, Bob, Carl, Ben. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.